Look How Sane and Linear We Are Being is a non-profit Homestuck fan analysis podcast and is not affiliated with Andrew Hussey or any of Homestuck's official entities. Please remember to support the release of its books and merchandise whenever possible. Feel free to read along with us. If you have epilepsy or any other light-sensitive disabilities or disorders, we suggest you stick to the audio. We have free audio transcriptions for this podcast linked in the episode description if you wish to read instead of listen. Both Elizabeths are trained writers and editors, so we're going to have some opinions about the construction of the story. These opinions may be different from yours, but we're not attacking the comic, just offering suggestions. This show is not safe for work, and if you're a minor, we ask that you wait to listen until you are old enough to be shipped off of Alternia to serve her imperious condescension. It's time to go to hell. Welcome to Look How Sane and Linear We Are Being, special edition, Cascade slash 413. I'm Elizabeth. And I'm also Elizabeth. Happy 413. Happy 413. <laughs> uh-huh. So yeah, this is a special episode. We're just talking about Cascade today. Uh, this is crazy. I never thought we would get to Cascade. But here we are. We're, ba- we're basically halfway through Homestuck, holy shit. <laughs> That's all? This may be your first time listening to us. If you've just found us on 413 and you wanted something Homestuck-related to listen to for the fucking holiday. So, Elizabeth, who the fuck are you? I'm Elizabeth Sullivan, a.k.a. Elizabeth. I'm a linguist and non-profit fundraising professional which that second part has nothing to do with what I actually do here on the podcast, but it's what I do for a day job. And I am the resident uh, Homestuck newbie. I have never read Homestuck before. I've been reading as we go, and all of my reactions are pretty much genuine. I'd say if I've seen something before. But mostly, I haven't, and yeah, that's that's sort of the role I fill here. You're you're also a writer. I am also a writer, yes. I have a degree in humanities. I have a master's degree in linguistics. I am a writer. I write fiction. I write grants. I've written academic papers. So when I'm talking about narrative structure and literary analysis, I'm, I know what I'm doing. You're no spring chicken. <laughs> Yeah, I'm no, I'm no spring chicken. And you, Liz, who are you? Yeah, uh, so I'm also Elizabeth, Elizabeth Kostrak, but I go by Liz instead because I think having that many letters in your name is fucking insane. <laughs> what I do, uh, I have read Homestuck before. I read it when I was in high school and then some in college. I dropped off for a while and came back for the finale. So some of this like, when we, when we get farther in, it'll be a little newer to me. But I'm right in the, the middle of the part where, actually, Cascade was my first update. Like, I had binge-read Homestuck until we got to Cascade, and then I had to wait, like, eight fucking months for Cascade to come out. Uh, <laughs> it was it was a lot. 
I am trained as a comic book artist. I'm a graphic artist right now. I do car ads. But that, like, I know how comics are structured and what works and what doesn't work with them. And I'm also, also a writer. We write things together. We do write things together. Although today I've been writing on our project that isn't yours because I got really stuck deep in it. <laughs> you did. But uh, today we read... Can you read Cascade? Is that possible? There are a couple words. Mostly, um, suckers. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's about it. But we we consumed Cascade? We consumed Cascade. Now, Elizabeth, I, I do have a question for you, and I want to front load this question with the knowledge that Cascade is a flash that means a lot to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of people's favorite. People <laughs> really like it. People waited months for Cascade. We had a little progress bar at the bottom that told us how quickly we were going to get Cascade, and the progress bar sometimes didn't feel like it was ever going to fill up anymore. (laughs) So, knowing all that, how do you feel, like, what's your general feeling about Cascade? Um, generally, I did like it. I like pretty much all the flashes. They're, I would say, my favorite, one of my favorite parts about Homestuck. So I definitely enjoyed it. I've watched it twice now. Once the last time we were recording and once five minutes ago. Yeah, just get it fresh in your mind. Yeah, I did generally like it. It isn't my favorite Flash. I would say so far that honor goes to the Riska and Terezi Flash. I really liked that one. It was the first time I really felt like the Flash was being employed as a good storytelling technique. It's not to say I think that Cascade is bad. Definitely not. I think there's a lot in it, and it's pretty confusing. There's a lot of flashing lights, which isn't fantastic. It has been tasked with bringing so many things together. So much is resting on the back of this I was going to say little flash. It's 13 minutes. So pluses and minuses generally landing on the plus side more than the minus side. But, you know, I'm not emotionally <laughs> attached to it like probably a lot of people are. The The thing that was really funny for me was I previously was very emotionally attached to Cascade because I, I have this this legacy with it. Like, oh, this was my first update. I remember being so excited that this came up, and I watched it again with you, and I was watching it, and I was like, yeah, this is pretty good. I'm waiting for the, the, the cool drop, and I was <laughs> waiting for the, the cool thing that I vaguely remembered happening in Cascade, and it didn't come, and I was like, I must be thinking of a different Flash. <laughs> I don't think Cascade is bad on any merits. But it is very weird that I remember it being a lot better than it actually is. Yeah, it's fine. It just isn't very coherent. The problem with it is that it does have to do a million things at once because it it has to wrap up all of Act 5 before we get to Act 6, which is a, a really big task because... We'll talk about Act 6 next episode because I think we're going to get into it intermission is like two flashes long there's a lot that needs to be done 
to make Act 6 make sense. Mm-hmm. I, I think maybe it, it does fall short some places because there, there were times that you were, you were asking me clarification on certain details. Yeah. Which I think is totally fine. I think it's, it's kind of weird for a piece of media to basically have a new reader like Elizabeth need a tour guide to understand it, but that's a, that's a different conversation. <laughs> We've talked a lot about this before. I don't think this is the worst time that Homestuck has struggled with explaining itself. There were a couple things that I I didn't know (laughs) whether I agreed with, just in terms of how did that work? Does that stick with the canon we've been given? But it's definitely not the worst instance of that. I do want to talk about some things that actually happened in Cascade because they did pack a lot of things happening in here. I actually have the wiki open, so I can refer to that instead of trying to jump around in the video. And I gave you the wiki page because there's the only thing that's on the Cascade wiki page is Cascade, so there's no spoilers. You can't get spoiled. Right. All of the children are god tier now. Which is great. They have some fucking outfits. Uh, it was <laughs> sure it do. was funny because when we were watching it, Jade's outfit came up on screen, and you kind of leaned into your mic a little bit, and you were like, "What? Why is she a witch? Why does she look like the Wicked Witch of the West?" <laughs> it's the Wicked Witch of the East. First of all, she has the striped stockings and the red shoes with booby slippers. It's the Wicked Witch of the East. I'm sorry, I don't know anything about the Wizard of Oz. That's the only thing we ever see of the Wicked Witch of the East when the house falls on her and you see her legs in the movie slippers and then they wither away and Dorothy gets the slippers. Anyway, she's the Witch of Space and she's a furry now. Good for her. I mean, she was always a furry. She's just like an official one now. Like, it's genetic. Normally that doesn't happen with furries. Is it genetic or they can't control space? I mean, you decide, baby. (laughs) I think furries should have the power to alter space to their whims. I think they deserve it, honestly. With the amount of things that that furries are in charge of in our society. Like, technologically. Technologically and socially. Yeah, I think furries should be able to have space powers. Yeah. That's my campaign slogan. Quick note about the whole god tier thing. I was confused about how Rose and Dave could ascend to god tier because they weren't on their quest beds. And I was. They, they are. No, they aren't. They, they aren't. They, they are aren't. Quest they beds. aren't. Those aren't their quest beds. According to the wiki, they're. No, they're not. Wait, where, where is this? They're not. Part three. Go to part three. The wiki. They're not quest beds. They're fucking. Respective stone slabs which appear very similar to the quest beds found on the planets, these slabs are later found out to be called sacrificial slabs. That's bullshit. What? They're a a whole other thing that's like, actually, you don't have to die on the quest beds. There's these other things that you can also die on and then come back as god tier. Okay, now I have a problem with this. I walk back what I said earlier about this not being the most egregious example. Uh, Things that don't make sense (laughs) in the canon we've been given. I'm mad again. Oh, no, is it, no, no, no. Remember, Elizabeth, everybody loves Cascade. 
See, I I genuinely don't remember that. That is that is some um actually bullshit. Exactly. My thing with regards to these little details is one, I don't think they actually like matter all that much. But two, they, it should make sense, right? Like even even if it doesn't matter, it's weird that Andrew Hussey makes these rules and then a thousand pages after making the rules is like, actually, you can also do this. It seems like a cop out. When you have 8,000 pages of comic, I understand that there is going to be some form of cop-out in some way. I'm not saying that Andrew Hussey is a bad writer for that, because there's just so fucking much to juggle there. But it's a weird thing when it is something as important as this. Like, it's, it's weird. It just feels like he keeps adding new ways for the kids and the trolls to die and be brought back. And it's like you already had a lot of ways. There's there's the kissing, there's the quest bed, there's now the sacrificial slab. Don't know what that is. If you don't have a green self, as long as you have an alternate self that fused with a sprite, there's that. I, I clicked on the hyperlink for sla- sacrificial slabs. This goes deeper, Elizabeth. It takes me to the the wiki page for quest bed. (laughs) So it is a quest bed. It is just called a sacrificial slab because it's in Durse. It's just called a different thing because it's in a different location. It's still a quest bed, but it's just called a different thing. That is such a cop out. It's so weird. Oh, did you know that the trolls have round quest cocoons and sacrificial slabs and humans have rectangular ones? Well, I didn't, but I guess I do now. That makes sense because Briska did die on that, like, circle, but it it didn't register in my brain. Yeah, same. There are so many little details in Homestuck to keep track of that sometimes I don't realize what a shape is. (laughs) I feel that. I have a, a, a very superficial question for you. Uh-huh. Um, because this is, I, I feel like this is a little mini personality test for, for Homestuck <laughs> readers. What do you think of Dave's god tier outfit? <laughs> He's such a dork. <laughs> is that is that endearing or derogatory? Um, yes. <laughs> okay, you know what he looks like? Oh no. He looks like his friend invited him to the Renaissance Fair, and his friend's like really into the Renaissance Fair. Told Dave that he can't come unless he's unless he dresses up. And Dave stopped by the thrift store on his way to the fair and got a hoodie and like a sword and was like, "I'm a knight." See. <laughs> I I have a, an issue with that because I think Dave would be the kind of person to go full hog at a I know that's fair. the see that's the funniest part. <laughs> he wouldn't show up at the Renaissance Fair in a t-shirt and a hoodie and sweatpants, but that's what he looks like he's doing. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. I I really do like how how dumb the little collar looks. I I love it a lot. He looks like he's a Medieval Times employee that got fired last month. (laughs) 
while we're talking about the kids, we wanted to mention real quick, oh my god, the kids look so white in this whole flash. <laughs> the thing about it is that, like, the chil- the, the kids are supposed to be, like, A-racial, but they just look so fucking white. It's even weirder because, sure, the paper white sprite thing kind of works in their little, like, two-head sprite thing where they're, they don't have arms and shit. But when it's, like, drawn by artists that are putting a lot of effort into the drawing, it's, it's very strange that they're, they're fully colored otherwise. But then it's, like, time for skin tone. Nope. It's weird. It's weirder than if you just made them pale. Right. Every single feature on their face is just like, yeah, you just came from a, what's a, what's a white person event? (laughs) Um. (laughs) Oh gosh. I say this, I'm white. I know. I mean, I I am as well. (laughs) What's a white person event came from a barbecue where... The macaroni salad was just box macaroni and cheese without the cheese sauce uh, with mayonnaise on it. Uh, these kids look like they just came from a, a mild food eating contest where um, there's no spices on the food. <laughs> We're really bad at this. I, I know that people who are more educated on this topic can say more why having racial characters is often more harmful than just assigning them something. It's so weird because Andrew Hussey and I I don't know what extent of creative decisions the artists had on here, so I'm not going to put it on them. But like, it's weird that like Andrew Hussey had this vision in their mind of what the children looked like. And it was white, but they still went, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make them a-racial. It's very weird. It's, It's a very weird thing that they did. It's, I don't get it. If they're supposed to be white, just say that. Don't say, oh, they're a racial, oh, they're nothing. Like, maybe if you'd kept them in their original little forms the entire story, okay. But when you're fully fleshing out what they look like in flashes like this, you don't have that deniability anymore. You are setting in stone what they actually look like and then just draining them of color. And though, of course, Many different people of many different races can look all kinds of ways. Um, color of skin and hair is not the only racial feature that exists. When when every single child has, like, the little upturned button nose, and they got no lip, and they got, like, the straight hair, you're losing your possible deniability so quick there. The thing that makes me a little angry in this in this context is that Andrew Hussey actually we will get to this update fairly soon now that we're approaching act 6 but there's an update that's coming up mm-hmm. that Andrew Hussey makes actually makes a racial joke in basically response to the fact it was like oh you should just give them a race kind of thing they they make a joke like that or they did, because then they retconned that page and they changed the joke because they got backlash from it. And I'm like, okay, well, you know you're doing 
something wrong now, and then you made fun of yourself doing the wrong thing, and then you got angry and walked it back when people called you out on it. It's very Andrew. At that point, it's like you just keep making the wrong decisions here. You keep making it worse. You keep making it worse. Don't double down on that shit. If if somebody tells you that thing you're doing is bad, you you can reasonably say, "Ah, oh, well, I'm 5,000 pages in and I can't do it. My next story, I'll do it differently. But don't make a joke about it and then call attention to it. And then instead of apologizing, just being like, no, I rewrote the joke. Stop it. Yeah, like it. But we're not there yet. That was just a, something we we wanted to mention because it's it was like we were watching it and I didn't remember it like this, so I was like, oh. I was going to give kudos to the clearly furry artist who did those very detailed <laughs> renderings of Becknoir, like the close-ups. Like Becknoir came up, and it's like obviously a furry did this. Complimentary, to be clear. Yeah, it was a lovely emotional facial expression. I don't have anything against it, but I saw that and I was like, boy, Andrew Hussey sure hired someone who draws furry art all the time for money. Furry artists gotta get paid. Yeah. Actually, speaking of the individual artists of this, I want to go in and just say the people who drew the extra art assets on Cascade. Because fuck if Andrew Hussey says it. Yes, please do. Uh, in addition to Andrew Hussey's art on Cascade, there was also art by Brett Muller, Eyes5, Laz, Lepu, Lexi, Rebecca Harding, My Lucky Seven, Nick Carey, Paige Turner, Richard Gung, Shad, Skeptic Archer, Sock Puppy, Tavia Mora, Vivius, and Zamag. All of those people... That's a lot of fucking artists, actually. Yeah. All of those people gave, at least in some part, some kind of asset on Cascade. And would it have killed you to put a little thing in the corner at the end there saying that all these people worked on this video instead of making it seem like you did it all, Andrew Hussey, but... And this is all, all of these credits are on the Cascade wiki. Also, for the music, we have Jordan... Tensei De Bruin, Clark Powell, Malcolm Brown from George Buzenkai, Toby Fox, and Kelly Sadwind in different configurations there. There's a lot of remixes in this. Yeah, but all of those people did music or remixing uh, for Cascade along with those art assets. So this was very much a team effort. Yeah. My one thing about this this flash that I have to say mm-hmm. and I have to say this because when I when I watched it for the first time I wasn't a graphic art I wasn't a graphic designer and I didn't go through years of of storyboarding and all of that in animation like I have I have animation credits now I do animation every month at my job I I have to say the way that these art assets are composited into cascade are are dated now. There are times where it looks very out of place. Mm-hmm. And I, I and I look at it lovingly, you know, like it's lovingly janky. Like you look at an old PS2 game. 
but there are a lot of parts in it that don't really mesh together. Yeah. As long as it took, and as much as it is, um, there are quite a few bits that just don't mesh. Which is not necessarily a bad thing. That's very common in Homestuck Flashes, as far as I've seen. Going back and forth between art styles, things like that. But because of all of the different assets in this Flash in particular, it's it's a little bit more obvious in that particular way. There, there have been some Flashes where the assets that Hussey commissioned worked really well with their pre-existing style. That one where... Uh, I, I don't remember what exact flash it was, but you know which one I'm talking about, where Rose, like, where she, like, holds her wand up to the sky and there's, like, the fucking lightning coming down. Mm-hmm. That one was crazy. Apparently the artist, like, drew that whole thing with their mouse. Wow. Which I can't conceive. Yeah. But this was this was 2000 and who cares? <laughs> yeah, it, it works for what it is. So, Elizabeth, mm-hmm. do you have any questions about what happened in Cascade? Yes, always. Like something that doesn't make sense to you, even with the wiki. So, what the wiki said, which I didn't get from watching it, the the bomb creates the green sun instead of destroying it. Uh, I'm sorry, Elizabeth, it's the green, green, green sun. sun. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, Elizabeth, what's what's the bomb called? <laughs> the tumor? No, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, what's the bomb called? Bitch? I, I can't possibly, you'll have to demonstrate. The tumor. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, instead of destroying it, it creates it. It seems as such. That's another one of those details that I don't remember all that much because it doesn't matter to the larger story. It's just kind of flavor. I know people are going to get on my ass for saying that, but but you can read through all of Homestuck without understanding the green sun. It's fine. Yeah, but like that was the whole plot. Like, I don't mean to be the one getting on your ass about it, but like, I I will say that was like- You're getting on Andrew Hussey's ass. Yeah. I will say that was like the whole plot of Act 5, really making this whole plan to destroy the green sun and nerf Jack, and then things would go back to normal. Right? So, I'm reading the wiki. Mm -hmm. The pre-scratch kids and the post-scratch trolls did intend to destroy the green sun so that Jack Noir would lose his power. Because, you know, Jack Noir and, like, Beck and Doc Scratch always have, like, that green shit going along. They are first guardians. Right. So they get their power from the green sun. Right. And destroying the green sun would take the first guardian power away from Jack and make him defeatable again. So it seems as if, and this may be a spoiler, but I don't care, actually. So. It seems as if Doc Scratch never said it would destroy the sun, only that it had the potential power to do so. And, you know, Doc Scratch isn't going to tell Rose how to defeat him. That's where he gets all his power, too. 
So basically, Doc Stretch lied to Rose about that. So for whatever reason, Doc Stretch needed Rose to create the Green Sun. The Green, the green Sun. sun. <laughs> right. And I know, I, I can see, I can see the little gears in your brain trying to figure <laughs> out the timeline. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> and I'm just going to say everything's cool and it makes sense. I was just about to say, like, so I guess time doesn't matter in anything, in any of this. The way time kind of works in Homestuck, you kind of have to think of every section happening in its own little bubble. So, like, Doc Scratch, Doc Scratch is operating basically in Back to the Future rules. Where he has to make sure that this thing happens in, quote unquote, the past. But, like, Doc Scratch lives in this... Like, out of time. Yeah, like, out of time. Like, he's he's not really in the timeline. Because remember when, like, Doc Scratch talks to Rose... No, that makes sense to me. Oh, okay, that makes sense to you. Yeah, that makes sense to me. However... Dave and Rose are not outside of time, right? What's the problem then? Like, So how can they create the green sun when it already existed and they were trying to destroy it? Elizabeth, do you know what a paradox is? Did you know that, that paradoxes are, like, integral to how Homestuck operates? There's literally a fucking thing called a paradox clone that they have. I know, but like that I that doesn't feel like what this is. Because the the point of paradoxes is that two conflicting things are exist at the same time. Oh, would you like to have a little piece of trivia? Hmm. From the the wiki page of the Green Sun. <laughs> That's really funny. What? J.R.R. Tolkien's 1939 essay on <laughs> Fairy stories uses the concept of a green sun as an example of something that might take great skill and effort for an author to suspend a reader's disbelief about. Okay, you know what? <laughs> I gotta. In that case, I kind of gotta hand it to Hussey. That's very like, good. It's kind of funny. That's very it's kind yeah. Of that's really funny. funny. They got you. Yeah. That fucks severely. Yeah. God damn it, it does. That's that's the beauty of Homestuck. You can go down a, a like a 30-minute rabbit hole about something that doesn't make any fucking sense, and then you get one piece of information, and you're like, it either makes sense now, or it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> right. I can I can hear you disagreeing with me. I mean, it, no, I, it, that's just, that sure is. Can I say a controversial statement? You have never paused in doing so. I'm I'm pausing on this one because it's it's really controversial actually. Go for it, go for it. I kinda don't care about WV right now. <laughs> <laughs> like he got stabbed and he might die and I kinda don't give a shit. Well he didn't get stabbed, he got punched in the stomach. That's still so stabbing Beck Noir could get the uranium. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I still count that as stabbing. 
No, I don't. I think stabbing has to happen with like a a a, a sharp weapon. Can't claws be a sharp weapon? Claws on the hand of a furry. <laughs> what sort of damage does that do? I feel like that's piercing, but not stabbing. If Edward Scissor's hands are you calling his? Are you calling Edward Scissor hands a furry? No, I'm. I'm just. I'm just. I'm just asking you practically. If Edward Scissor's hands put his hand through your heart and like grab or through your gut, he already put his hand through all of our hearts. But if he if he put his hand through your gut and like grabbed a piece of uranium that you ate because I don't know you're weird like that, like wouldn't you call that stabbing? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Except that like. He's using his scissor hands. Scissor hands are different from claws. Okay, no, no, no. I'm, I'm saying, what's the difference between scissors hands and claws? They're different. One is organic and one is not. No, I'm not. No, 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 no. Yeah. Both of them are piercing weapon. Both of them are piercing weapons. Yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that, that, that doesn't matter. Oh my god. If this comes up in D&D and you I don't will. let me do it, <laughs> I'm going to be will. so angry. I will punish your rogue character for this conversation. I can and I will. I just think that if you have claws on your hands and you dive your hand into a person's internal organs, that's stabbing. I don't know. What would you call it? I said piercing. No, piercing. Piercing is just like a little, like, you know, you get pierced by a, a needle. A okay, okay, okay. Is like how when about it, when it comes how about this? out? I have a, a I have lot of blood comes out. I have an idea. Are you going to ask us to put a poll up? No. I thought about it, but no. I have a proposal as to the difference between stabbing and piercing. Or not stabbing and piercing, but, like, what constitutes stabbing. And I think that the weapon or implement in question has to be straight. Imagine, like, a cat's claws. Cutlass. Yeah, that's fine. But, like, imagine, like, a cat's claws. A cutlass isn't straight! It's, like, the only weapon a bisexual uses. No, no, you aren't listening to me! Imagine a cat's! I'm imagining a cat. Are you imagining? I'm, I'm imagining. I'm rotating the cat in my mind. <laughs> okay. Now imagine a cat's claws. I'm I'm rotating it in my mind. Ca- okay. You you have the cat's claws in mind. Yes, I do. Could a cat stab with those claws? No. Yes. No. My cat stabs me with claws all the time. Cat appears. Right, that's the difference. That's the difference. I, 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 you could not stab with curved claws like that. Listen, I think... Just couldn't. When I'm thinking of claws on Jack Noir's big meaty claws, <laughs> like, when you have a cat paw, like, the cat paw is flat, right? Y- yes. Like, it's it's flat and they have beans. Yes. And then the, the, the claws come out of the beans. curls. I'm thinking of, like, the fucking X-Man man, the X-Man boy. Okay, that's different. See, that's what I'm saying. That's different. No, I'm saying that's what I think Jack Noir's claws are like. It's the shape of the implement. The long, straight ones on the on the guy. He has pointy... F- I'm gonna look up 
up a picture of him and he's going to have pointy fingers and then the yes. egg's going to be all over your fucking face. Yes. No, that's my point. This is my point. He has claws. No, if it's, if claws it's a pointy finger, then it's a, if it's, if the finger is pointy, then it's a stab. His claws are straight. It's not a curve. A cat's claws are curved. But fingers, the f- if, if, if the claws coming off of his fingers are straight. Yes, Wolverine could stab someone. He's called X-Men Boy. Wolverine could stab someone with his claws. So now the question is, what? <laughs> I'm looking it up. That's the question, because I guess it's dog ones. Like, it's dog ones, right? So, like, Jasper's Beck Noir. So it doesn't have hands. Okay, so when he's doing Red Miles, uh-huh. you see how he has, like, pointed fingers? I- like, he doesn't have, like, other claws. He has he has pointed little Edward Scissors hands fingers. Okay, okay. The thing is, <laughs> when he eviscerates WV, his hand is closed. It's in a fist. He is punching. He is not stabbing. I think I think if it's a closed fist, it could still be stabbing. No! Absolutely not! Because, like, absolutely not! That isn't sharp! A fist is not sharp! Now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say a thing. <gasps> and I, and I, I think, I think I know the answer to this. Because, like, when you're when you're in a, a nice bedroom with a with a very nice partner, <laughs> like sometimes people can you can call that stabbing. No, 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 no. Like some sometimes you know if, if you're getting really kinky about it, it it is it is like a, a stab. No, no, Liz, 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 Liz. Fisting and stabbing are not the same thing. No, no, I'm saying, I'm saying, like a fist and like you know, like a dildo no. or a a penis <laughs> is like very similar all all across of the three. No, not in terms of violence. In terms of metaphor, maybe if you're saying that Jack Noir metaphorically stabbed WV, maybe I would be on board, but it is not literal. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying he stabbed him. Metaphorically. <laughs> metaphorically. You know what? I'll meet you there. Is there anything we're missing? I don't know. I hope people don't start listening at this episode. I hope they do. <laughs> I think it's great. Yeah. I, I mean, like, why wouldn't you come and stay to to hear talks about me talking about fists versus penis to versus dildo? We do have a warning at the beginning that we do not recommend that minors listen. But yeah, like this is this is a no minors podcast. Anyway, Fade Slick killed Snowman and destroyed the trolls universe. I actually thought that was a really cool callback. Because remember, in the intermission, they all stopped the the firing when she walked in the room because it was like, oh, you'll you'll kill the universe if you kill her. Right, and that was clearly true. That one part where, like, the bullet goes, like, through her heart and you see, like, the fucking galaxy is actually really cool. I think that's my favorite part of Cascade. Yeah, that was very cool. Which 
Which is strange because usually things that don't pertain to the children or the trolls are not things that I care that much about. Mm-hmm. But here it was like, ooh, I'm I'm into that. So that was that was pretty good. I'm a little bit confused about the term the red miles, because I feel like it hasn't been used before Cascade. No, it has. It has. Um, I think it has. When? Because I I mean I'm I'm sure that it's like an anime attack name. Okay. It's a thing that you get through the Black Queen's ring. It's like a a strife technique. Oh. Basically. Oh, huh. Yeah, he first used it on the battlefield. Remember when Jade died? Or Jade's, like, dream self died? That's when he used it the first time. Oh, jeez, that was so long ago. I don't remember if they called it Red Miles, but he did use it then. Also, quick note. Mm-hmm. Again, if you're a new a new listener, you may not know this one. I have photosensitive epilepsy, so this uh this one was hard for me to watch. I mean, we have warnings at the beginning of every episode that suggest that if you have a condition like photosensitive epilepsy, you maybe skip the actual reading of Homestuck because it's a bit hard on the old brain. It's kind of hard. Yeah, and this this flash in particular was quite uh there were a, there were a lot of flashing lights. I told you about this one when we were watching it together, but you know the parts where the aspect ratio changes on the YouTube video? Mm-hmm. Like when it gets like bigger and smaller? When this was originally posted to the site, like when it was a flash and not a YouTube video that was embedded onto the MS Paint Adventures site, that was actually a really cool effect because it literally did like grow the screen that it was in. Mm-hmm. So it it was pretty cool that, like, Jack Noir's, like, Red Miles actually did, like... Expand and, yeah. Yeah, that is cool. Speaking of Newgrounds, um, Cascade was really funny because it was hosted on Newgrounds when it first came out, and then it crashed Newgrounds? Mm-hmm. If you're a younger listener, or, like, you weren't internet savvy back then, you might not know what Newgrounds was. It was like a video and flash sharing site where like people would upload like their little video games or their little fan animations or original animations kind of thing. The culture on there was very like male video game space kind of thing, but it was at a time where like Newgrounds and YouTube were like you you could do either one. Like if you hosted on Newgrounds, like you didn't always put it up on YouTube also because YouTube wasn't as big of a video giant back then. Mm -hmm. The fact that it crashed Newgrounds, that'd be like saying it crashed YouTube. Like, so many people came to watch it that it crashed Newgrounds was a bonkers thing to say. Yeah, that is wild. And then, and then, and then, like, after it crashed Newgrounds, it crashed the MSPA site, because as he put it on the MSPA site, it, it crashed twice, uh, which was really funny. Wow. And then after that, they put it on, they put it on Mega Upload. <laughs> and it, it didn't crash Mega Upload, but it, like, sputtered in and out every once, like, I think I did end up watching it on MSPA before MSPA crashed. Mm-hmm. 
but it was really laggy and slow and I had to like watch it again a couple of days after when this all blew over because like I I watched Cascade but I didn't have a good time doing it the first time. Uh Uh-huh. Well, now it's 11 years later and we can just watch it at our leisure, so. You can just watch a YouTube video now. It's not going to crash YouTube or anything. But with your help. (laughs) Everybody watch Cascade today. You probably will already. It is 4.13. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I I do have, like, one last little question I wanted to ask before we headed out for today, but what do you you think of Jade's powers? Well, I like that they're OP. Good, because you're not going to see her again for a while. (laughs) We'll see! Just another example of giving a female character a bunch of cool powers and then immediately immediately undercutting them all. It's fine. It's fine. You're not going to see Jade again for a while. It's it's kind of insane. <sighs> I I there was a while where I missed Jade greatly because she just wouldn't appear for a very long time. That's such a shame. It's probably not a very long time in actual pages, but after Cascade, it took a while to get new updates. There were there were times where you you reasonably get one like every day or whatever, but then there would be like okay, Andrew Hussey would post like okay you're not getting another update for a while, and then it would be maybe like a couple months and then you'd get a big flash. That's just how Homestuck kind of always operated. But the the time between updates would get longer and longer like past this point because. This was the point where Andrew Hussey started to kind of seek out other projects that weren't Homestuck. Like, they had projects before Homestuck, like Problem Sleuth and Bard Quest and shit, that they would do a lot, like, before, basically. But past Act 6 is starting to be when, like, Andrew Hussey is now, like, a very well-known name in comic circles. And they were before, but, like, again, Cascade kind of raised the bar for everything with Hussey. Mm -hmm. So, like, past this point, there there were a lot more hiatuses, there was a lot more shit going on, because, like, there was a- like, Homestuck was a bigger production now. There were more instances of Andrew Hussey commissioning artists for specific things. A lot of production time was, like, waiting for assets to come in- or doing something in code to make the website do something specific. There's a point later on where, oh, I know you love the scrapbook portions. They do that, um, site-wide. <laughs> oh, boy. It's a, you, you won't like it. But, uh, I, I do I do like Jade's little powers. Uh, I don't want to say little powers, actually. They're kind of huge. Yeah, you know, she can shrink planets and does. She shrinks a bunch of them. Five of them. And, uh, oh, r- right, they broke the fourth wall. Ha 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 ha. That's, uh, it's not my favorite joke in the world. See, I would like it if we hadn't already been treated to a lot of more painful eye rolly jokes about that. We've had so many fourth wall jokes. Right, if this was, like, the first fourth wall joke, I think that would have really hit. The fact that there are 
so many times where Andrew Hussey like comes on screen to recap Homestuck and like throws a coat over the fourth wall and is like fucking making out with the fourth wall and bullshit. Mm-hmm. After all of that, this doesn't work for me. But if it was the first time, it would have worked for me. Right. Right. If they had just mentioned, oh, that that's a fourth wall, and that would like that was the first joke so that you knew what that object was, and then you came back later and it was like, by the way, we're gonna break it. Yeah. I would have liked that, but alas, alack. Woe is us. And woe to you too, because I think that's all we have to talk about for this episode. Today, we didn't read through a lot of pages. We read through one page, and that was page 4109, Cascade, for our our special Cascade episode. Happy 413, everyone. And happy birthday to my brother, John Michael. Oh no, it's his birthday! Yeah! I think I mentioned this every year on 413, but anyway, we'll talk about him in a minute. For now, you can read all of Homestuck on homestuck.com. And uh, if you be accessible versions, they're linked on our Tumblr blog, lookhowsane.tumblr.com. You know, the issue there is that they still aren't fully accessible. And if you're like Liz and you have photosensitive epilepsy, this flash can't really be made accessible as it is right now. So there's that. Also, there are all of the transcriptions for this episode that Elizabeth writes where she has to transcribe things that I say, such as bangus. Beautiful. Also have a Twitter at how underscore sane. Feel free to interact with us there. I mean, obviously, like, be nice, but we're around. Making our way around town. Our music is done by the very specialist birthday boy in the world, and that is John Michael. John Michael, happy birthday. (laughs) He's just a little birthday boy. Also, if you go read and review us on iTunes, we'd appreciate it. We always appreciate it. Uh, Help get the word out and, you know, also just tell people about us. Hopefully you were listening to this because someone told you. Word of mouth all of that. And I think that's all we have for y'all today. So until next time, remember that Friska did nothing wrong. Wow, Friska wasn't this flash at all, was she? <laughs> <laughs>